You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Good evening and thanks for joining me here on this week's Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and on tonight's show we're visiting Sauna's Health Foods in the heart of Newcastle West. Chef Brian McDermott has news about his first cookbook and Shanti McNulty, Senior Account Director with Greenhouse, shares her research of the top 10 food trends for 2018. If you'd like to get in touch with me here on the show, you can drop me an email to s.noonan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org as in Queen of Organisation. So to start the show off tonight, we're heading out to the square in Newcastle West to talk to Rosemary Bennis in Sauna's health food shop. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Happy New Year, Rosemary. Thank you, Sharon. Many happy returns. Your shop is as as attractive and as appealing as ever, and even more so, really, in January. I'd say you're flat out now at the moment. We are busy. Thank you. We are busy. Yeah, we like everyone. We're you know, it's nice to clear the Christmas and then um, move on with the, the general well-being and maintenance of our good health and you know our our our, our mood. So yeah, we've a lot, and people are interested now in cooking and getting back to basics and kind of reducing all the sugar load over Christmas so yeah it's a busy time. Well we're going to talk about reducing sugar in a minute but first of all we're going to look at a number of different drinks that you have here today and one of them is a relatively festive drink but you would recommend it for any time of the year and it's called Hot Frisky. That's right, I would. It's not just for Christmas. Yeah, we had actually people loved it over Christmas. We were doing tastings here. It's a spiced apple juice that you heat. So like a mulled apple juice instead of a mulled wine. But it's part of the uh, range from Ballyhara people know Ballyhara Park and Cycle Path but there's also the Ballyhara Apples Farm which is a growing Irish success story as a business um, and they have a range of really nice apple, apple juice products so they do a chai they do different kinds of juices and this is a, um, a spiced um, warm drink as in you, you heat it and, and drink it really lovely and no added sugar They're, the base is the apple juice and then they have clove cinnamon cardamom green tea added and it just t- tastes gorgeous and is really warming so it, um, if you want to add a drop of whiskey nothing stopping you because it is non-alcoholic it's non-alcoholic so if you were making a glass of punch for someone at home and you didn't want to or they didn't want to or they're driving give them this and really you won't be disappointed and certainly you can dick it up yourself but as a drink and kids love it it's a nice warming drink on a, on a cold day or something you know and the ingredients that you mentioned there there's health benefits to all of those ingredients yeah yeah it's the warming spices is where it's coming at and that's what we were going to discuss today but cardamom is a real one and ginger and black pepper they all basically open the blood vessels help to get that feeling of warmth inside you know you might even get a little bit of sweat to the face and um, just feel warmer inside so they're lovely yeah and obviously it's warm as well and of course Ballyhire apple is very well known for its apple cider vinegar yeah Absolutely, and we are carrying that now and delighted too. It's got a point of difference as well. They have a couple of cider vinegars. We're carrying their aged one. So this is a cask aged and uh, like a lot of things, it gets better with age. So um, their cider vinegar is um, a little bit softer, a little bit more rounded. No, all cider vinegars that we carry are really good, but we just have this as a point of difference. Um, There's no season that cider vinegar isn't useful. It is just the perennial number one product I would recommend. Um, It's great for digestion. That's that's its real benefit. It helps to dispel acid in the blood. Very helpful for joints. That's why people take it for osteoarthritis and aches and pains. Um, But primarily, it increases our 
digestion, which means, sorry, it lifts our stomach acid. So it helps break down our food. And when that happens, everything else improves. So just that feeling of overfulness, feeling of bloating, feeling of discomfort, repeating all those symptoms that are very common and especially after Christmas actually cider vinegar is just a great digestive tonic and um, it can be used to rectify pH imbalances which would be sometimes at the root of skin problems so it can be used topically like diluted in a bath or for scalp problems you know there's no end to the uses so you can bathe in it as a cup in a foot bath or a bath which actually is very very useful and then you can take it orally, just maybe a teaspoon or two in a hot water, cold water as a drink, um, more often for more benefit. And um, yeah, we, we find people get on very well with it. Obviously keep with it if, if, you've, if you've something you want that's been with you for a while, if you want to help to improve that. And can you use it for marinating meats yeah, and for absolutely. dressings, for salads? Absolutely, yeah. That's why it's a brilliant one. I would often say to people, you know, use that as your default vinegar. It's, it's uh, I mean, nothing stuff. When you want to use it, it's not really malt vinegar for your chips but at the same time you might want the proper malt vinegar for that if you're enjoying them but um, for yeah any marinating any dressing and in fact for a dressing it's brilliant because you're combined you're actually giving yourself a fat digester in your dressing and you're also giving a great flavour so it's fantastic yeah just an oil vinegar salt and pepper mustard maybe simple three to one proportions really really nice and it never goes out of date which no. is a huge benefit even yeah. though if you do have it i'm sure you'll get through it quickly enough if you you yeah. know apply it to all those different uses yeah yeah no it never goes out of date no absolutely not in fact don't disregard the date in that's a legal selling requirement but not at all and this is like an aged fermented products actually in a sense will actually get better with age so no and um you know it's like the way people would use vinegar and brown paper to um clean smears off a window that's how I liken it that's what it does inside in our in our in our gut so anyone who has gallbladder issues or just says oh god I love a bit of cake but the cream kills me this kind of thing it's really useful tonic so I mean I can't we can't make health claims I can't diagnose but as a general product in your in your cupboard it's great. I love the the labelling on it. Yeah, very nice. They've really pitched it beautifully. They have um, Gilbert Murphy, which is an amalgam of the names of the people involved, and um, just a little picture of the cask. It's sort of yeah. It's it's just in an, it's quite a niche product. I think yeah. it's actually be a lovely gift. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a lovely gift yeah. to someone who you know likes doing their bits and bobs. You know, it's it's it'd be a nice foodie gift, and it's like just a five, just over a fiver, so it's good value. Yeah, they have a great range of products there in Ballyhoura Apple Farm, so um, it's great obviously to support local products and another product that you have that's local is the truly truly yours protein milkshake yes yes well this is a really handsome looking product you see it in the chill section because it it's it, it actually can be stored any at ambient temperature but it tastes better chilled but yeah it's a it's a it's a ready to go protein drink so it's not everyone's bag but it's very handy if that's what you're looking at maybe to reduce carbs and lose a bit of excess weight about the tummy and if you're maybe on a sports program if you've signed up for a triathlon and a, on, a, on a whim on New Year's Eve or you know and you want to like we, we all get protein when we eat properly but some of the times we don't always get to eat properly and you need protein for your healing and repair so eggs, fish, meat, cheese, nuts, seeds they all have great sources of protein so each meal really should have a little of those um, but if you find that um, that's just not happening and you're coasting the day for half a day with nothing to eat because you're just haven't got it together and um, this actually can be really handy and also very handy for you know teenagers training or like people doing loads of matches and to have one in their bag as a, as a drink after training um, proteins like that is very useful you needn't even use the whole thing you could there's 18 grams per tub uh, it's a hundred 
Yeah, so you could even just split it. Um, or you could even add a little bit to a smoothie. So if you were having a fruit and yogurt and bits and bobs, blender, your own recipe at home, you could pop in a bit of this. It'll give you a nice flavour and also it'll, get, it'll increase the protein profile. And the manufacturer has thought a lot about the packaging for this because it's like a coffee cup size with a coffee cup lid on yeah. it. So you take the lid off, yeah. peel back the top of it, put the lid back on. Yeah. So if you, like instead of your mid-morning cup of coffee and biscuit yeah. or mid-afternoon, yeah. If, yeah. if you like milkshakes, definitely. This, is, this is definitely yeah. one to, to consider. It is, definitely. It's just, and it, it'll come into its own more when the, in hopefully warmer weather you know where you feel like reaching to the to the fridge for a drink right now we might just need heat and that's absolutely fine but um yeah it's it's very nicely pitched and presented actually and um you know we would do a lot here in terms for advice for people who might struggle to maintain a good weight um, and even balanced mood is not just about weight but feeling well you know which blood sugar levels yo-yoing up and down during the day so um, a protein drink or food mid-morning mid-afternoon can really help to balance sugar levels and then basically stabilize your mood and your weight so it's kind of yeah it's it's um it's worth thinking about actually and happy to chat about it anytime someone who comes in and it comes in a few different flavors strawberry and chocolate and vanilla and they're naturally sourced flavors and they're not overly flavored you know like synthetic flavors they're 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 nice you know yeah and I think, is it lactose-free as That's well? That's right, it is lactose-free. The lactose actually is converted in the processing in it, which is interesting. So it's, it is sweet, but there's no added sugar. It's the lactose itself, is a milk sugar, and they convert that, I forget the detail, but it's into another form of sweetener naturally occurring. So it's kind of, in, it's integrally or intrinsically sweetened kind of. Um, so that's it'll satisfy a taste, but it won't raise the blood sugar level, and which is good. Low in fat, um, not too many calories. Yeah. Yeah, it is low in fat, though I'm not a big fan of low fat, I'll be honest. You know, I would never sell that as a thing. I think we need our fat, to be honest, yeah. But yes, if that's what you're looking for, it is. But um, the main thing is the the kind of blood sugar stabilizing and that feeling of satedness where you go, oh, okay, I'm okay now. I'm I'm not looking for anything else. A protein drink like that is very good for that. Well, let's talk about sugar and if, you know, if that's something that you're trying to reduce in your diet. Yeah. um, If you're baking or if you take it in your tea or whatever, Mm. you have a few substitutes that, yeah. are, that are better for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, sugar, like all things, moderation, but if you find that you are using a lot of it and you're maybe at blood tests, you've you've been recommended to keep an eye on it or just for your own well-being because sugar is a driver of inflammation like it is scientifically proven. So, and inflammation is at the root of all modern disease. So, it's it makes sense. Enjoy your fruit, enjoy your naturally occurring fruit, like in your actual fruits and, you know, foods that grow, and that's fine. But um, commercially prepared food items and, and added sugars can really rack up. So, um, xylitol is a sugar that's naturally occurring. It derives from either raspberry um, or birch sap, and it has the benefit of tasting sweet, but the body doesn't recognise it as a sugar. So it works um, very well in baking. It won't work with yeast. That's the only thing. It won't ferment right, make your yeast loaf rise. Um, but everything else, it works very well. Um, there's a slight residual taste sometimes if you have too much. So be careful uh, not to put too much. But the whole idea is, anyway, you can use it uh, like for like sugar, um, weight-wise. The same quantity. Exactly. Okay. And also, and anyway, I mean, I'm not the world's best baker, but there's nothing wrong with reducing your sugar by good third in most cakes and they won't suffer for it you know mm-hmm. obviously maybe not more precise measures but general you know 
kind of easy mixed cakes you can easily reduce the sugar but people find xylitol great and especially as well if you really can't have your tea or coffee without a sugar you'd be surprised you can easily rack up three or four spoons of sugar without even thinking about it and that's just in your drinks so we find out we offer xylitol at the counter as um, a sweetener and people are delighted with it so it's a handy little one and isn't it funny what you're saying about some people can't have their tea or the coffee without their sugar but a lot of people in years gone by they would have given up sugar in their tea for lunch yeah and that was it they never went back to that it was then. me i was i used to when i was small 11 years old i used to take like three spoons of sugar and tea Sure, like it was nuts, but I remember Lent. I never went back. Yeah, yeah, I never like went you back. Couldn't. No, yeah, no. So uh, is it? They say it takes three weeks to form a habit. So if you did just cut out something like that for three weeks, yeah, you probably you would be you over would. the hump. Then. Yeah, you probably would. Yeah, I sometimes say to people, what maybe gradually, you know, maybe if you were a two spoon person a scant second spoon then a half second spoon and in a couple of weeks then you're down to one yeah that's actually quite doable yeah i think and so, then yeah. you know you'd be surprised in two months you'd actually be down to like just a little taste and look a little shake isn't gonna kill anyone you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's um that's a nice way to do it too i think we have to be it's winter and 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 we need that feeling of a bit of comfort and warmth so i wouldn't go i wouldn't be advocating going all out into penitence yet no. i think Ever Absolutely actually, <laughs> but you have then this Steve. Is it Stevia? Stevia. Stevia is another one. Stevia is a South American herb. Really interesting. It kind of looks like a grass actually, um, but it's in Coke now. Coke and all the big companies have got onto this. Now they would have a fairly synthetic form, I imagine. But at the same time, um, stevia is another plant, very good. Even even its profile is even more attractive than xylitol, the pure stevia. I do find though, I don't like the taste as much that's me but then the, the little um, tabs you know like Candarelle they work great they're taste free so they're really handy we offer those as well and we have stevia drops which are great very good value just a drop is equal to a teaspoon of sweetness so that's really good and that works great for liquid sauces and kind of more you know like a wet mix for baking that's really good so actually that's good price point as well like it's a fiver for a bottle but you get loads out of it okay you know yeah and it's very interesting that you have some spice drops here as well I've yeah. never come across these before tell me about yeah, these yeah they're lovely they're a UK brand called Holy Lama and they the, the remit is they have um, spices in a long life sort of serving really they, they, they're they extracted and preserved as a liquid so you just have a little dropper bottle and um, you know for example the mint here is one drop equals four and a half mint leaves so and it contains approximately 150 drops so they're great value because they're all like under four euro and you know if you find that your spices you get a notion someday and then you don't look at them for another six months these are brilliant because they keep their freshness um, uh, so we find the chilli one is great you can add that to sweet or savoury the vanilla the cinnamon cinnamon's a lovely one it's really warming gives a bit of sweetness as well and what's the thing with cinnamon it, it does, can it act like an appetite suppressant it or? helps curb sugar cravings okay yeah yeah. Now, having said that, if you make no changes in your diet and you just expect cinnamon to do it, that's not realistic, you know. But in the in 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 the overall context of working with you know your 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 sugar levels, definitely add your cinnamon, and it really does. And it's recommended now by GPs as well to add the cinnamon to the porridge in the morning. Maybe instead of it'll, it's not the same as honey, but you know it gives you a sweetness and it's very warm and great for circulatory problems. And it just um, now some people just don't like it, but if you like it, it's a great one. Uh, we had a Christmas one a mull spice one and there's a, there's more in the range I really like these and they're great if you're maybe you know the only one at home who likes a bit of spice you could just add it to your drinks or yeah. to your food even like a condiment I'm wondering does the mint work with the, the rum and the <laughs> oh, 
I wouldn't know about that now, Sharon. No, I'm joking. No, I'm For sure the it does. I'm sure that's a great one. <laughs> we'd yeah. have to try that. We'd have to try that. Yeah, but I know actually uh, one of the girls here made chocolate and made like a her version of a after eat, and it was divine. Wow. Yeah, it was divine. Just melted dark chocolate, put a drop or two of that in, and then I I don't know maybe just poured it onto a slab of parchment, you know, or onto a baking tray, and it was like a brittle that you could snap, or you could pour it over your bun or cake or ice cream actually make a mint sauce my mouth is watering I know I know me too yeah so they're they're interesting anyway it's all about kind of warming I think really you know a bit of spice is nice and um, yeah reducing the sugars helps as well it'll help that feeling of being overindulged yeah fantastic yeah Yeah. because it is hard after the Christmas just to block everything out even though we might want to do that so we must remember to be kind to ourselves that's right yeah exactly nourish not punish as was said to me wisely once yeah great to talk to you as always thanks so much for your time okay thanks Sharon you're listening to the best possible taste with Sharon Noonan sponsored by the taste.ie voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Rosemary in Sauna's health food shop and if you're just tuning in you can catch up on that and The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app and it's also on the taste.ie website voted Ireland's Best Online Digital Food and Drink magazine. Still to come tonight, Shanti McNulty from Greenhouse shares her top 10 food trends for 2018. But next on the line now, we're joined by Chef Brian McDermott, who we spoke to before Christmas when he happened to be in West Limerick. And he mentioned then about the near completion of his first cookbook. Well, it's done and dusted and is ready to go to print. And Brian is going to give us a sneak peek about what we can expect. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Brian, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks so much for joining us today to talk about your book, which is more or less ready to go. Yes, Sharon, thank you. And and you know what, it's always good to be back on your programme. Um, it's very exciting. Um, I'm sitting at home today. I'm up here in Donegal. And it's exciting because the book has gone live. I don't physically have it in my hand yet. So um, it's available to pre-order at the moment on my own website. Um, and then it's going to be launched on March the 7th, which we're very excited about. And it's called Brian McDermott's Donegal Table, Delicious Everyday Cooking. So it sounds like you were you were very keen that this book would have recipes that everybody can do regardless of their skill sets in the kitchen. Yeah, I, I, I'm big into people's skill sets and developing them. Um, I think we talked about this before, but to me, someone that you're having a conversation with, they have to take something away from you when you're a professional. And for me, it's leaving them with cookery skills. So I've never had, I suppose, a proper portfolio or a place that I could give people access to this. And that's really where the journey of the book for me has come about. And, and calling it Brian McDermott's Donegal Table is very much about the, the journey of me and my home with, you know, 11 others, which was my brothers and sisters, my mum and dad. There were 14 of us. It was a potato farm. You know, it's the home comforts that my mother gave me, bringing some of them back as well in terms of the recipes. So we're about 100 recipes featured in the book and some lovely little titles as well. You know, focusing on the local butcher, Donegal Waters is a chapter name where we're just 
right beside the sea and, and linking in with the fishermen. So, um, yeah, it's very exciting. It's very interesting what you say there about growing up on a potato farm because there's beautiful images on the cover of the book and one of them is you sorting potatoes. Yeah, I hadn't done it for a number of years, which is quite funny, Sean, because um, obviously when you grow up on a potato farm, let's just leave it at the fact that you get absolutely sickened with being sent to the potato fields on a daily basis. So having removed ourselves um, and my mum obviously going out in her own independent home with us then, we didn't have as much of an attachment. So going back for the purpose of the book um, to the local potato farm for me um, was a brilliant experience because to physically, you know, we've lost that to physically go back and see the potatoes coming back out of the ground, to touch them, to carry them home in a plastic bag, knowing they're in the field a couple of you know, maybe a couple of hundred yards away from you. That actually, you know, it, it kind of just reminded me, wow, this is what we need to be a book about. And in the book in, in general, that's what I've kept it about because I brought my two girls that day. And again, for them, that was their first time seeing almost, you know, that I was ashamed to think that they're 12 and, and 14. They hadn't seen basically potatoes grown and being harvested and, and how they're selected and how they make their way into the local shop. So it, it certainly was lovely that day. I always think whenever I talk to somebody like yourself that has written a cookbook that it must be very cathartic putting all those recipes down on paper and very nostalgic as well. Um, it, it, it has its moments, if I'm, if I'm very honest with you. Um, it's something that you dedicate time to and it comes in bursts and waves of energy. I could, I could be here today, Sean, and I could tell you this was the most pleasurable experience ever. Yes, it was to 90% of it. The rest of the times was me challenging myself. And it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I actually enjoyed every minute of it. It's the fact that you're so busy, you know, with everything else that I do, that taking the time out to say, hang on, we really need to sit down and put this chapter together. But what I also, what it taught me myself was to step back when you know it's right to step back and to don't force a recipe. Um, and I'd say that to anyone thinking about, a, you know, a book, community level, cookery book, professionally or otherwise, if you force a recipe, it's not going to work. Um, so I stood back from at times and I went, no, that's me. I'm done for tonight. I can think no more because how do you come up with a recipe? To me, there's a story first. Every recipe in this book relates to a story of that entire journey. You know, you don't bring a cookery book together in the two years that I've been working on this one. This journey started for me the day I entered Killybegs Catering College, which was 1991. You know, that's when your journey, that's when your experience that has gained from all those lectures through the years from from industry leaders and people that you look up to. So you're learning and you're absorbing all the time. And I did that. Um, I used to think I was nosy, but I'm not. I just wanted more and more information when it came to food. So I'm clicking back to some of what those mentors, lectures and otherwise said to me. And I'm applying it to a recipe and then formatting it in a way that I'm going, okay, to the reader, to the audience here, number one, can they access the ingredients? If they're here with me and Inishone, or they're with you in Newcastle West or in general West Limerick, area you know will they get the ingredients yes is it affordable yes so i called it the triple a approach which was accessibility being able to get the ingredients affordability being able to afford them regardless um from daily use of a kitchen and then achievability of the recipe so that's our triple a approach that i applied to each and every recipe because sometimes i'm so far into it i went hang on this is now getting a little bit technical this is not what this book's about strip it back. So yeah, it certainly was um, a lovely journey um, and a very 
challenging journey in general. It's interesting what you say there about the accessibility of ingredients because it must be very tempting to showcase the wonderful ingredients that are unique to Donegal. Yeah, I mean, the the title Donegal Table, it's where I'm from. And in Donegal, um, there has been a modesty around the people. There's been a modesty around the landscape um, and the very food that it produces. That has changed, and I think it's changed for a number of reasons. Um, I think it's changed for the, because of the Wild Atlantic Way, I'll be honest with you. We're now meeting a lot of visitors coming to, to where I live here in Mobile and in Greencastle and on the peninsula in general. I also think it's changing in the fact that um, social media, everyone being a photographer nowadays, they've been able to almost market any show in Donegal Forest now. Um, with the pictures that are gleaming across the world. So all of a sudden people have gone, wow, look at what's up there. We knew it was always there. We didn't shout about it. And when it came to the food, for me, I said, right, I am going to use this within the title, you know, to let people know about what can be on a Donegal cable from Donegal. Uh, And, you know, there was things that surprised me as well, because we're all busy. We jump in our car and we drive past. You know, we've got a destination in our head. We're going to Dublin or we're going to Cork. And we're passing the very potato growers, the fishermen, you know, the small guys that are doing the oyster bays here. We're passing them and we're glancing in. And because you see it every day, you don't think, God, I wonder how those guys are doing, how they're getting on. So again, the book, um, in a lovely way, has made me reconnect with that right back at community level. And what I think about that, Sharon, is that everybody can replicate that because everyone's got a butcher. Everyone's got, a, you know, the milkman, for example. We've kind of forgotten about the milkman, you know, and I, I think that's important. Um, that regardless, milkmen are now offering not just their standard, you know, homogenized milk. They're, they're offering it from a local level as well. And they deliver every day, regardless of the weather. So that's why I think it can be replicated. And, and also the love for Donegal at the minute, the momentum that it has internationally being the coolest place on the planet. And, and you know, we're, we're a border county. People in Northern Ireland escaped to Donegal. They love Donegal. So how did I capture that in the book? Simple recipes like, you know, barbecue on the beach. You ask anyone, I mean, I'm sure you can relate to that uh, being from Northern Ireland. You know, escaping to Donegal was like, let's go to the beach, let's have a barbecue and let that be memories of, of fun and relaxation. So so I paid a lot of attention to, to basically who I think the readers will be as well of the book. And the images, you're talking about photography there, the images on the cover of the book, we've mentioned the one where you're where you're sorting out the, the potatoes and there's a lovely image of you there with a fisherman. If you think of where we are here on the Inishon Peninsula, um, we're surrounded by water. Ireland's a small island. And, you know, we have, uh, well, I think the majority have turned their back a bit on the love of seafood. Um, I never, I loved it. I championed it from day one, you know, locally here. And, you know, I used to always remember saying to, to local people, you know, when do you eat seafood? And they'll go, God, well, you know, when I go to Spain or I go to Portugal on my holidays, you know, I might try something to be adventurous. Little do they know that that fish is probably past them on the way out, coming from their very port and their very local Greencastle chili bags for us here in Donegal, the two big main ports. So um, the fisherman relationship to me was always very, very important. To give you an example, um, things that I wouldn't shout about in social media, you know, when it comes to the, the traditional blessing of the fleet, I would make sure I'm available that day, go down, just start cooking. And just to give their extended families on a day like that, you know, look, this is what these guys do. Here's some of the seafood. Here's some of the mussels. You know, have a taste. And that was encouraging and getting people um, to consume more seafood at a local level. So I've made sure within the book there's a fairly strong um, 
peace in relation to, to seafood. And, and it's simply just called Donegal Waters. I mean, I have a take on a Donegal catch, which is my own different take on a Donegal catch. Um, I have a wild Atlantic fish pie. So that picture that you see is just a teaser of some of the other pictures that's going to be throughout the, the, the book. Um, you know, us down on the trawler, the trawler's coming into Greencastle, the fish coming off. And I just don't go down there on days when you're doing a, a photography shoot. I would go down there on a weekly basis, have conversations. Fishermen have taught me more about fish in terms of its quality, its source, uh, times a year, how it's better, uh, how to fillet it. You know, you, you go to college and with all respect, you learn how to fillet fish. You, you think you know how to do it. And then you see fishermen and how they actually fillet fish on board in a rocky boat right to the side of the pier. So that relationship is, is one that, that I love and I think it's very, very unique to me and we've built it up that both of us are gaining, you know, the fishing community and myself in terms of knowledge and hopefully that is increasing the importance of, of the Greencastle and the Killybeg Seafood. I'm looking at a screenshot here of the cover of it so I'm, I'm blowing it up here. It's a heck. It's a beautiful heck and and funny enough, um, the guy who, who who's in the picture uh, is is a, a footballer but a formal, former um, Derry City footballer that played League of Ireland football. There's a nice story to that as well. Yeah, that's amazing that because there are a number of people involved in sport who come from farming backgrounds. It is. And, and again, um, you'll see that again because, you know, the agriculture is strong here, certainly in Donegal, but um, also the fishing community here, more at a localised level for me. So, you know, to think there's a guy, um, you know, Jerry Gill, um, big League of Ireland footballer, who's still just got to go to work, doesn't he? Um, and, you know, there he is working, offloading that fish from the pier. Um, and, and funny, we had the picture done, taken and approved through the proofread when I got went, gosh, geez, that is Jerry, you know, thinking to myself and, and thinking of his story. So in a way, everyone's got a story, just like what I said about the recipes. Every recipe has a story uh, and every individual that's in there also have a story from trawler owners to the potato growers to, you know, there's a fort up here in Donegal called Green and the Value. It's, I mean, it's a real ancient round ring fort. People would have seen it. That's where I grew up. And I used to cycle free wheel from the top of that down to my home to beat my other seven brothers in the door to make sure you got a seat to the table. So I've tried to reconnect that as well with some of the recipes and those fields that I passed to go back there and say, wonder what's growing there now. You know, is it still potatoes? Is it the wheat? So there's just some lovely pieces um, of, of stories that is rekindled. And as I said, can relate to anybody's rural community across Ireland. No cookbook would be complete without a foreword in it and somebody who you know well, who also comes from a very big family, is the lovely Nevin Maguire and he has written it for you. Your great pals. Oh, listen, I, I think the last time we spoke, Sharon, I mean, um, I, I talked very genuinely about Nevin um, as a friend, first and foremost, you know, and then secondly, this, the prestigious chef that he is and, and the restaurant in my house that he runs. Um, I, I wanted Nevin to do this forward, um, but I didn't put him under any pressure. I just mentioned it. And you know what? He just leapt up. He said, I'd love to do it. I'm absolutely privileged to do it. And he did it. And it, it is so genuine. It's one of the things that when we release the book that I think when people will read, 
they'll, they'll just know that is coming from the heart when Nevin speaks about it. And it's just, again, going back to talking about, you know, our, our sort of friendship and um, from it being friends 25 years ago to what it is now, sharing a stage with each other, you know, around the food festivals of Ireland. So um, he may have said the privilege was all his to do it, but no, absolutely not. Um, the, the privilege is totally mine to have Nevin Maguire do the forward for your cookery book. And you'll be out on the road again this year at all the festivals showcasing some of the recipes from the books, I presume. Yeah, well, you know, in a funny way, normally in January, we spend January getting all of our recipes ready for the food festival. You think, okay, that one will work well at Bloom because it's summertime and, you know, the strawberries are in season. And this year you're sitting, you're going, oh my God, you have a book with 100 recipes. You've got your work done. So it's a case of adding the seasons as we start to hit the food festivals and, and to showcase because people who are looking at a book, looking at lovely pictures, which look fantastic. Um, but actually seeing it then being made in front of them, it's just a complete connection, peace in general. So um, big year of festivals ahead, uh, Sharon, you're just seeing more and more of them popping up. And rightly so, from a small local level, you know, to county level, to regional level. And, and I would encourage people, get your community together or if there's an established group that's there, do a food festival because it relates to everyone. It can be a catalyst to pull a community together. Um, you know, we're all contactable. Contact us. We'll arrive in, we get to know what's in your local area in terms of the produce and, and put together a showcase of food that you can actually swallow a bit, a bit of, 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 you know, yourself and say, wow, we've got this in our area in a community base. So I'm certainly looking forward to more of that in 2018. And it's a fantastic family day out, no matter what food festival you go to. Yeah, I mean, look at the many times um, Sharon and you have run into each other, um, not knowing that we're both going to be there, other than the fact that we both love attending food festivals. Um, and, you know, you can bring your family. I've I've probably dragged mine to every food festival in Ireland, the two girls, um, and they've loved it. They absolutely love it. But again, they make friends, they chat to producers, and they've brought their kids with them for a day, and then they visit in public. So, you know, you can look at a food festival and you can think, oh, God, you know, what are we going here for? Well, you're going there to find out first and foremost what the fuel is for your kids because that is what food is. Ultimately, do not forget that. Food is the fuel for your child. Um, and in any cooking that you do, you need to be thinking that. Hence why we always have the message of staying away from the processed elements of food in general. I think we're past that now. I actually don't think it needs any further discussion. I genuinely, honestly get a feeling um, that we're passing that now and that people are getting that piece about the importance of good quality home cooking. I mean, how often now do you hear someone talking about, you know, that the husband is a stay-at-home, you know, cook or that the wife is, you know, taking less hours at work because she wants to focus on making sure she's there for her children. And that is hugely important. And you can see that in a child's development. And again, I'm speaking as a dad rather than a chef here. And your two daughters, Neve and Aoife, and your wife, Brenda, have had a lot of input into your book. Big time. This book is, and again, not strategically, not deliberately, this book is very much about the family because it's about a real, true story of me. And, you know, we, we, we don't need to go back to, what, eight years ago and, and their dad gets a heart attack at 33. You know, it was a change for me, a change in a life. So making the lifestyle changes was to ensure that I am around for my two girls and, and to avoid any further cardiac issues. So how I did that was tackling it through... Um, some changes that I've had to make, and I must say, enjoyed them in terms of lifestyle changes, um, but more importantly, in food, in diet, in how we eat. Um, and the girls are a big part of that. Now, they actually have a chapter 
in the book, which is called What's for Dinner, Daddy? And it's basically the, the picture starts with them looking at me going, come on, what's for dinner? And I'm sort of looking back going, well, girls, you're now old enough. You can cook. It's over to you. Um, and even like last night, um, one of our girls, Isa, you know, she made a complete stir fry. Those are skills that they need to have. Um, so Brenda has been the backbone to me and to the book in general, you know, very sort of modest person who sits behind, you know, me at the food festivals or in relation to even organizing me for things now in relation to the book launch. So I would never, ever underestimate the value that someone's partner um, or in my case, wife Brenda brings to a business and to a project like a book in general. Well, they do say behind every great man, there is an even better woman. In this case, you have three lovely ladies there and you've actually appeared on TV with, um, is it Neve or Aoife has been on with you on the Today Show? Yeah, Neve um, appeared with us, be- Was I think it was back in October, yeah, um, during the midterm break. And, and Sharon, would you believe as of yesterday afternoon, RT have rebooked her, Neve to come back due to the success of that. Because, I mean, you've got, you know, for me, it was, I was immensely proud because you've got, a, I said 14 earlier, but she's actually 15. Um, you have a 15-year-old daughter and, and you think to yourself, God, all I want to give her is the cookery skills. And now you think that she's on national television, invited back for one very simple reason, the reaction that the RTE Today show got to her being on there, you know, and, and the amount of groups around Ireland that contacted me. And thankfully me first before getting access to me because she is still quite young. And to congratulate her on it and her presence, you know, one thing we've installed in our girls is manners. Um, even, I'm even thinking yesterday of a parents teacher meeting, um, in the majority, you know, the teacher saying, look, your, your, your kids are so mannerly. They leave every classroom saying thank you. That's not hard to install in anyone individually. So Neve's kind of carried that across now and, and into the TV piece. So she'll be back on. I think it's actually the, the yeah, the 13th of February. So it's not too far away. Well, we look forward to that and, of course, to the book being available. It's Brian McDermott's Donegal Table, Delicious Everyday Cooking. Where can the listeners get hold of it? Yeah, thank you, Sharon. The book is going to be able to be pre-ordered immediately now from my own website, which is just www.chefbrianmcdermott.com. And then it will be um, nationally in, in, in all the major bookshops and in all the independents, because that's a conversation I wanted to make sure is that that book is available and accessible to communities. So it will be in all the independent bookshops as well at 20 euro. Can't wait to see a hard copy of it now, Brian. Thanks so much for talking to me about it and so many other things as well today. It's always such a pleasure. Thank you, Sharon. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan. And just before the break, Chef Brian McDermott shared details about his cookbook, Brian McDermott's Donegal Table. And I'm very excited about seeing it. And if you missed that and you're just tuning in, you can catch up on Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am. And the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And it's also on the taste.ie website voted Ireland's best online digital food and drink magazine. So finally tonight we're going to look at food trends for 2018. Shandy McNulty is a senior account director with Greenhouse and she has written a blog post about our must eats for the coming year. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. 
Shanti, you're very welcome to the program this evening. You have written a post. It's called Food Trends 2018 Must Eats for the Coming Year. What inspired you to write this blog? Well, um, I suppose working here in Greenhouse, um, we're branding specialists and, and we have offices in Cork and Dublin. But a lot of our work is really specialised with the food industry. And we work very closely with you know a lot of our clients to... I suppose, find out what are the best food products for them to come out with in the, the coming months. So we're always keeping an eye on the trends ourselves. And we just thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice just to have a bit of a roundup of kind of all of these kind of fads that people are talking about for the year ahead. And you said in it, we've trawled the global expert list. So what sources did you have? We do a lot of our research either at events, things like IFE, um, we go to some board BIA events, other local events that would happen here with Taste Cork. But we also look at the internet uh, sources like the Waitrose um, food list that comes out every year, Whole Foods do one. And then even things like BBC Good Foods, they bring out their own kind of roundup of trends for the year as well. So we kind of look at a lot of different things and we're constantly kind of keeping a a list, I suppose, at, at our desks of things that are hot at the moment. So that's kind of where we started. Because you do mention about last year and what was what was in our baskets in 2017. It was avocados, tonic waters, slow cooked meats, salad bowls and craft beers. And this year yeah. you're starting off with teas. Teas is number one on your list. Yeah. And I mean, teas are just, you know, I suppose we're always big fans of tea in, in Ireland anyway, just the traditional black teas. But what we saw over in IFE in London last year was, you know, I'd say there was probably maybe four different tea stands for every one coffee. Um, so we really saw this kind of like explosion of very interesting, different types of flavours and a lot of kind of theatre surrounding the whole tea experience with these lovely kind of blooms that, that open up as you pour the water in and, you know, lovely types of ways of preparing your tea. And then green teas, obviously, with their health benefits, are just getting a lot of um, media coverage at the moment. So we're seeing, you know, um, not just drinking tea, but tea flavours coming into other foods as well. So I think that will be very big this year. And of course, tea is something that's very vegetarian and vegan friendly. And at number two, you have called it the flexitarian in me. Yeah, um, and I think this is something that kind of started in 2017 where, you know, people did start kind of leaning towards, you know, what is vegan? You know, could I have a meat-free Monday? And, you know, introducing more vegetarian into their diets. And I think, you know, just, you know, even myself, I've started seeing the, the brands like Strong Roots have become huge in Ireland and you know even in the start of this year we've seen on offer in Tesco and Dunn's you know in the kind of mainstream fridges where they would have been kind of you know down with the Linda McCartney end of the fridge where people would you wouldn't see a lot of action before now they're kind of front and centre and they're coming out with really interesting flavours like you know beef and beans and kale and quinoa burgers and things like this so they're just bringing it into the mainstream. And I think, you know, some of the brands that we've worked with here in Greenhouse as well would also be looking at what are the meat-free options that we can bring into our product lines. So, um, it, you know, I think 
we're seeing tofu in lunch boxes here in Greenhouse at the moment, which is, uh, I think, a new development even in the last few weeks. So um, I think, you know, I've, I've even personally started eating a lot more vegetarian and I think it's it's nice just to have a break from meat every so often. Absolutely. Have you tried the tofu yourself? I have in restaurants, but I haven't bought it myself to eat at home. So that'll be the next step. I'll have to see now if my um, my, my small kids will uh, take the plunge with me. But I, I think sometimes, you know, if, if they eat it, eat it out in the restaurant and they like it, then it's it's something that we'll try at home. You can add it to the shopping list then. Yeah. And we yeah. mentioned there at the start that craft beers were very popular in 27. And number three, you have the darker crafts. Yeah. So I think the, this is all of the, the kind of um, stouts um, and the darker beers, you know, the, the dark red beers and things like this that we we wouldn't have traditionally been drinking, but they're kind of coming out as line extensions to the craft beers that um, that have, have had such an explosion in the last few years. And we work with Boyne Brewhouse. Um, so they, they brought out um, Imperials out at the end of last year. And now they're using the actual um the the casks of their whistler uh, whiskey and they're actually aging the, the stout in the casks of the whiskey so there's this lovely crossover between the flavors of the stout and the whiskey um and 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 also the, when the stout is aged in the whiskey the whiskey can also be aged in back into the the stout cask so there's a lovely um merging of flavors going on with with those areas Definitely an interesting fusion of flavours there. If um, yeah, and if if you are a beer drinker and you like your whiskies as well, it's definitely one for the list. The next thing that you have is super local and waste not, want not, and I think we are becoming more and more conscious about food waste now. Yes, um, you know we've all heard of Food Cloud. I think that that do a lot of great work with Tesco, um, but even on, in the kind of packaging area, which is is where we specialise, we're seeing people looking at, you know, not over packaging things to start off with, and also looking at types of sustainable packaging. So you know, looking at paper as opposed to plastic and that's come up in the headlines even in the past week um, looking at compostable and biodegradable coffee cups um, we see Iceland when a big retailer has has committed to um, getting rid of their plastic on their own brand range so they would have been a huge you know consumption of, of plastic before with all of the frozen food that they would be selling but I think you know getting back to the whole local side of things um, um, you know, we work with Simply Better for Duns and, and they are committed to working with small suppliers to kind of nearly elevate the products that they've been making all along in little cottage industries and, you know, small producers. And they're actually now selling them in the big retailers. Um, and And I think a lot of these companies are seeing huge successes because they're able to increase their their quantities and increase their distribution through working with the likes of um, Duns and I know Super Value have committed to that as well in a big way. And it's definitely a USP as well, isn't it, for some businesses whenever they have looked carefully at their packaging to make sure it is environmentally friendly and that they're not overdoing it from a plastics perspective. 
Definitely. And, you know, I think, you know, we're all becoming more conscious of what we're throwing out and what we can reuse. So um, I think it's it's a great step forward that, that people have really kind of, and the producers themselves are are bringing it into their their product development, you know. And number five then is eating aloha. Tell us about that. Well, this, I suppose, you know, sushi has been huge the last few years and also salad bowls. So this is taking it a step further into the kind of pokey bowls that are from Hawaii originally. So it's really like really good fish, really fresh fish, um, rice and then, you know, your vegetables. So it's very under-processed, very kind of healthy, no fuss and none of the little you know, kind of very expertise that you need to make sushi um, and the kind of fiddliness of it, I suppose. With with a pokey ball, you can bowl, you can actually just push together this bowl and top it with some lovely fish and marinate that and, you know, you can you can eat it all and it's beautiful and fresh. We've even got um, a restaurant in Dublin called Claw who's, who's opened last year and they specialise in this and I think they're in Temple Bar. So it's um, it's on my list of places now to go for the year, I think. Yours and mine for both, <laughs> definitely. I've yeah. been to Claw now, but they have the new place, which I think is called Poke. Yes, exactly. And it sounds great. And like sushi is something that I really enjoy and we will come back to number six and seven, but number eight, you have happy hybrids and I, I just think they're wrong. It's You've said they shouldn't work, but sometimes <laughs> they do. And you have sushi croissants there. Not for me, no, I wouldn't say. No, no. But you know, th- these are the kind of, I suppose, these are the kind of weird and wonderful combinations that we hear about in the news or we hear about, oh, there's such a such a cafe or such a restaurant after opening in London or New York. And it it, it provides, not just does it provide, I suppose, a little bit of inspiration, and but it also kind of allows us to experiment with food, which is really important because sometimes you do get something lovely out of these experimentations and um, you know I, where would we be without the excitement of, of a, a new fusion to talk about in the news so I think that, that provides a little bit of life relief to some of the, the more serious headlines that we hear about about food Well it's, it's not for everybody that's for sure but one thing that I think no. a lot of people is trying to do is to move towards healthier lifestyles and eating foods that are better for you and fermented foods would be very on trend. Yeah. Um I think, you know, like they're saying really any any chef worth worth his salt, you know, won't be taken seriously this year without, you know, um fermentation or, you know, a nice conserve being uh, you know, put away for for later and, you know, these these kind of gut um friendly bacteria that we see in things like kefir milk um, are, you know, they're going to be huge this year. They've always been around kind of, you know, in health shops and, you know, people who are really into their food will know about them. But I think we're going to see more of them in the mainstream. So um, there's a dairy down here in West Cork called Clona and they're actually producing a kefir milk, which was launched last year. So I think that's going to see a kind of a higher distribution around the country and we'll probably see a lot more in, you know, kind of recipes. Um, I think Rosanna Purcell is their brand ambassador and she's brought it into a lot of her healthy eating recipes, which is very on trend for, you know, the the younger generation to um, 
kind of start experimenting with these and introduce them through recipes and then maybe kind of start drinking them all the time. And if you're not into drinking something like that, you have Moorish mocktails on the menu, which would appeal more to me, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, like last year we saw, um, with, you know, cocktails are always popular, but I think all these alcohol-free spirits and, you know, lovely kind of craft cordials with, you know, botanical and floral notes, they are going to be huge because, you know, we're we're all getting a little bit more um, careful and about the ingredients. And we want to know that, I suppose, the drinks that we're, we're having are going to be healthy for you as well. So, um, you know, um, some of the cocktails will be really beautiful. But I think even in the last few days, we've seen a launch of, you know, an alcohol-free beer from Budweiser and Guinness have brought out an alcohol-free as well. So, you know, when you see the big boys doing these alcohol-free alternatives, you know that they're onto something and they've seen that this is going to be big. So I think, you know, going to a bar and, you know, having to drink, you know, a high sugar soft drink is those days might be kind of numbered when you have lovely cordials, lovely um, kind of craft soft drinks and you have, you know, alcohol free beers where you can sit down and enjoy the flavor of a beer without having to um, have a hangover the next day or be worried about driving afterwards. It's definitely great to have those options there, but the, the fascination with gin and Prosecco is going nowhere. No, it's not. And, you know, we've even seen, I suppose, here in Greenhouse, um, we've had a lot of distilleries through the doors in the last few years. And gin is, is huge. And we've all kind of, I think we, we've all decided that we're gin drinkers the last few years. And I think over Christmas, all of the um, the lovely uh, tonic waters and craft tonics and uh, flavoured tonics were selling out all over the country. Um, we're actually working with a, a lovely craft producer that are making um, a Prosecco um, kind of topper as such um, and, and it's going to be produced here in Ireland. So that's going to, we're going to be seeing that launch in the new year and like these, these type of things, they're just elevating the drinks that you already have um, and they actually make you feel like you're you're a little bit of a cocktail mixer, mixologist at home as well. So, you know, you can buy a few more ingredients and put them in your trolley and really impress your guests with, you know, just instead of a, a, just a regular glass of Prosecco or G&T, you can make it into something that looks absolutely amazing. And then finally, the Middle Eastern moment. Just very quickly, tell us about that. Yeah, so this, I mean, we've seen things like harissa um, and cardamom and things like za'atar is, is another kind of fusion of spices. But I think, you know, we've seen it coming along the last few years. It's just going to get bigger because a lot of these types of foods, they don't need a lot of processing or a lot of fat or, you know, saturated fats. So all the flavor is coming from the spices and the raw ingredients. So again, it's that healthy vibe coming through and, you know, dishes like uh, shakshuka, which is a lovely word to say, um, you know, it's actually poached eggs in a lovely kind of 
uh, tomato mix and you can make it all on the hob. So it's it's all lo- lovely spices coming through and a lovely dish that you could have for your for your brunch or your lunch and it's full of flavour. So I think that's a lovely healthy one um, to add to your repertoire. Well, Shanti, it's certainly a great list. If listeners want to read it in detail, it's on the website greenhouse.ie. And thanks for talking to us about it tonight. No problem. And thanks for having us. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Lovely to talk to Shanti and my thanks to her and to my other guests tonight, Brian McDermott and Rosemary Bennis. And that brings us to the end of tonight's programme. Thanks for listening. And until next week, bon appétit. Thanks for listening to The Best Possible Taste with Sharon Noonan. Sponsored by thetaste.ie. Voted Ireland's best online food and drink magazine. To get in touch with The Best Possible Taste, email Sharon at SharonNoonan.com or tweet Sharon at Queen of Org. As in, Queen of Organisation. Bon appétit.